I appreciate y'all tuning in, man, to another episode of the Bliss Ignorant Podcast, man. Um, this week, man, I got one of my partners in crime, man, on, on with me. Uh, I met this dude years back. I don't even know how many years it's been, man, but he's another alumni of the 50 Comics Deep um, fraternity, if we, if we want to call it that, man. My boy Ambrose Jones, man. Ambrose, what's good with you, man? Hey, 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 hey. I'm still here, brother. You I, know? Hear, I, I hear you, man. So... We met back at uh, 50 Comics Deep, and um, I think um, I think out of the the cats that that um was in that, it's it's not it, it was 50 of us, but I think it's a good 12 or so that really just still stay in contact with one another. Yeah, and, and we see each other like going down the line. If it's more than 12, I'm forgiven, but I can only think of about good eight or nine of us. Yeah, and I know it's more than that out there, but eight or nine of us that just stay in contact with one another. 2010. And 2010. So the 10 I still got the uh, 50 Comedy Deep flyer on my on my mirror at home. Right. I remember. Yeah. I remember. I remember us getting in town, and I remember that first night we were supposed to go to some club, and I was like, "Man, I ain't going to no club." Man, I, I drove back to Charlotte, and they had like footage of everybody at this club or whatever that first night, and um. It was funny because I think all of us, a lot of us were only in less than five years at that time. Yep, sure uh, was. Yeah, I started in 07. Oh, yeah, I started in 05. And uh, I think one of the iconic sets that I think everybody remember was one of yours when you did that poem. Um, yeah. If me and you ain't had this baby together. <laughs> Yeah, that's a poem about my son's mother. It, it's still, it's still, it, it's still relevant today. <laughs> that joint. I still feel the same way today. <laughs> that joint. I think all. I think every comedian was in the background laughing very hard at that one, man. Like, yo, who is this dude, and how the hell did he come up with that? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was going. You know what? At that time, it was early on. I was going through it then. Uh, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh but yeah, I still feel the same. If you and I didn't have this little boy together, I wouldn't give a damn. Right. I feel you on that. And it's like, I you know, give a damn if a bald eagle came picked you up by your lace front wig and flew <laughs> you three hundred thousand feet in the air and dropped you off in a pool with no water in it. <laughs> dude, that, that joint is still funny as hell. Like it's still like that joint is still funny as hell. Do you still tell that joke? I don't. I, I pull it out every now and then. Every now and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's one of them. That's one of them classic ones when you do pull it out. But it's like, it's funny, man. When you when you think about doing jokes and ones that you have that are iconic or ones that people remember, it's like even when you pull it out, it's like you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does. But you doing it as a as a as a favor for people that are asking for it. But you got so much other shit that you be want to, you know what I'm saying, display. Yeah. You say, I don't need to do that no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My, well, one of the things I challenge myself with is um, like, like for you, and you don't have to do it, but like what's your favorite joke to tell? And then what's your favorite joke that people say is theirs? Because it's a difference. Yeah, uh, like it's very rarely that you find your favorite joke is everybody else's favorite joke. What's my favorite joke? Well, I like all my jokes. Right. But you know you got one that you just can't wait to tell almost every set. You know what I'm saying? Like, you be like, oh, I can't, I can't wait to tell this one. You know what I mean? That's like every every new thing, every new joke you think of, you be like, I can't wait to do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was on stage yesterday, mm -hmm. and I watched watching my clip, and I was like, oh, shit, I can add this or this, or I can't wait to do this tonight. So, it, you know, I'm excited about a new bit. Right. Yes, right. I'm very, I'm like, what's the next bit? What's the next joke? That's right. that's what I'm always working on. That's what I'm excited about. That feeling of... Like, uh, turns you on. I'm like, a new joke. Right. That feeling of uh, of doing a new bit and you it did, when you actually do it and it worked, you like, oh, I'm yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, I've been to the point where I almost forgot what I was going to do next. Like, like, like after you, after you do a new bit, cause it's like a, a relief. Like you just passed the SAT or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just be like, whoo, like, that's amazing. You know what I mean? And, and then you go, you, sometimes you even say it to the crowd. Like, that's a new joke. You know, <laughs> like, you just don't even know that. Write that down. That's good. And when you telling them to write it down, you really, 
writing it down in your head. You know what I'm saying? When you tell mm-hmm. somebody, hey, write that down. That's a good joke. You really put that motherfucker in your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you started in 2007. Um, what what brought you to the comedy stage? Like why? Like what was it that made you go? All right, I'm I'm jumping in here. Uh, my, well, my son's mother and I we separated, so mm-hmm. man, that, that like took a toll on me because I really did want to be in the house with him. You know what I'm saying with my son? I, you know, so I guess I didn't try hard enough, but I really did wanted to mm-hmm. since my dad wasn't in my life. So when that happened, man, I was like. I had went actually went through like a train. Maybe that that situation was good because I went through a transformation. I was driving trucks for UPS at the time, making like twenty three dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. I was doing really good, and but when that happened, man, I was like, man, I need to really figure out what the fuck I want to do, and started reading self enlightenment material and shit, and uh, started meditating and. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, shit, I wasn't fucking with nobody, no women at the time. Actually, just doing some self like evaluation then, and uh, I, I, I we stayed up the street from this comedy club, Comedy Tennessee, and uh, we I used to pass this club sign in the sky every morning when I'm driving to go deliver these boxes at UPS. I used to pass this damn sign, Comedy Tennessee, in the sky every day. I'm like, the fuck, the fuck. And uh, like, I always been that type of guy that your friends want to hang around because they know you're going to have a good time. Like, ain't nobody ever said, Amber, you fun the motherfucker. You should get on stage. But I always that can't wait till the weekend so we can go out and kick it, have fun. You know what I'm saying? Even when I go to the club, I don't even necessarily want to holler at girl. I want to go have a good time. Like, that's right. always my homeboy. He chasing, chasing women. I want to go in there and drink and just have a good time and vibe. Like, that's always been me. So... He said, drive, see this sign in the sky, Comedy Tennessee, every morning. So one time, me and my roommate, we went out to Applebee's one weekend. I was like, hey, man, let's stop in this club, see what's going on. And my guy, uh, Sammy Martin, the owner of the club, he came up. Uh, he was like, hey, man, we have headliners here every weekend and uh, Wednesday, we have open mic. You come up here and do five minutes. I don't know why that shit clicked when he told me that. I was just like, oh, okay. He said, I can come up there and do five minutes on stage? Like, Okay, you know, at that time, Comedy View, Deaf Comedy Jam, I always enjoyed comedy. Never thought I would want to be one, but I love comedy. Just love hearing people laugh, have a good time. And uh, man, I went up there the next Wednesday, bro. And I wrote some jokes about my son, Ma, and some other shit, and uh, went up there. And I signed my name on the list, uh, Broski. That's what my homeboys used to call me back in. Okay, the- okay. I was running the streets, Broski. So, right. I have my name on there, Broski, and uh, the guy Jeff White. He was like, all right, y'all, coming to the stage next. Never heard of this guy before, but I hope he's funny. Y'all give it up for Broski. They were like, okay, Broski going once, Broski going twice, <laughs> go Broski. And you didn't go? I didn't get up, bro. Come on. Wow. Yeah, damn. Now, hold on, I, it took enough to go up there. Right, right. <laughs> I got to get up too? God damn. Right, right. <laughs> ain't, nobody, ain't nobody ever told me I was funny. I didn't know, so mm-hmm. man, I was too scared to get up that, that day. But that following Wednesday, uh, I went home and uh, I wrote affirmations. I wrote 15 times every day up until the following Wednesday. I will perform at Comedy Tennessee next Wednesday. So affirmations are for real. I wrote that to the following Wednesday, went back up there, signed my name on list as Ambrose this time. Mm-hmm. So I guess that was the problem. I ain't giving my real name. <laughs> right. So when I gave him Ambrose, he's like, yeah, y'all give it up. Ambrose, man, I went up there this time, man, and uh, did five minutes. It, it was an eye set, but I heard a couple people laugh, man, and I was like, that's what the fuck I've been looking for. Like, so, I love to see people have a good time. I was like, I can influence this? Yeah. So that was it. So it was just a couple laughs that got you. It was just a, a <laughs> nigga, that was enough. Because you used to laughing with your homeboys or people that know you. But right. you make a motherfucker that don't know you. <laughs> man, that was it, brother. That's dope, man. Because, you know, my mine's a little different because I always – made people laugh like I like from from little like I always oh, really? made, yeah I always had people laughing like 
some people would be like, like if I was in a class with somebody, they'd be like, man, I'm going to fail this class. I, got, I can't sit next to him. You know what I mean? Or mm -hmm. like I was always clowning. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, making strangers laugh wasn't nothing to me. But okay. You know what? I was the more of the uh, observationist. Right. Right. But my, see, my, my mom told me all I did was smile when I was little, but I was just looking at everything. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but here's the crazy thing, Ambrose. I was quiet as hell when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? So it was the observation. Like I would observe everything, but then when I said something, man, like I knew what I was talking about because I would observe everything so much. Like I, mm -hmm. I wouldn't just blurt out stuff and just be saying stuff to say it. Like I knew what I was talking about. You know what I mean? But right. like, like the humor part of it was a defense mechanism too. Um, to kind of keep people off picking on my sister, you know, because she was okay. old. You know what I mean? So everybody would be like, don't mess with her because that's, that's you know, that's Justin's sister, man. He she, he cool as hell. You know what I'm saying? Not, so, not because Jay Bliss going to whip y'all ass, but just because well, he nah, cool. I mean, I, I did that too. Like, I fought people too. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, yeah, so it was, it was like, it was, it was the yin and the yang. Like, people that didn't know me, they would try to break on my sister. They would end, I would end up fighting them anyway. But then people also knew me as, oh, that dude cool as hell. So, like, the fight was going to happen regardless. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't yeah. let nobody get away with talking. Like, yo, like, we got to fight. They were like, dude, I'll beat your ass. Like, yeah, but we still got to fight. Like, the fight okay. happening, bro. Like, it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I, had, like, I had two older sisters, so it was the opposite for me. Right. People, people <laughs> pick on you, right? Yeah. So, so, so that's dope, like, the fact that you, you actually – and I haven't heard many stories like that. Like, you signed up to go and you didn't get up. And then you follow the, the following week, you did get up. And then that's mm -hmm. all you needed, you know what I'm saying, the, 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 the progress on. That, yeah. the, the one thing that I would say is your, your I guess your path is, is like a lot of other people. You just went up there. Like, you just went. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's dope that you just get up on stage like that. So did you have any, like, mentors, like, mentors when you first started in Tennessee? Uh, no. Like, early on, I was just, uh, I went Richard Pryor crazy, man. I so watched you, every Richard Pryor stand up, every movie, every uh, every goddamn interview. I just really gravitated toward Richard Pryor because he was personal, and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be personal, like Richard Pryor, but then I also wanted to be clever, like Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I feel you on that. It's and it's it's different, man. Like when I when I sit, I will say you know, watching you over the years and just, like, watching some of your clips and listening to some of your jokes. Because to be honest with you, we've only done... we only been on stage together twice. The contest? 50 Comics Deep and in Iowa. Iowa. The debut hour that, uh... Yes. So let me let me explain this story. The casino. Yeah, all the way to Dubuque. Hey, only comedy will bring black people to Dubuque Hour. Did you did you fly in or did you drive? Me and uh, this comedian named AC, we drove. Listen, that airport, that airport was as big. That airport was that Walmart was bigger than their airport. Dubuque Hour. So I think the plane landed, and I think they drove us to the airport. Like, like I don't even think the airport and oh, the, I don't think the airport was on the same property as the runway. Like that—that's how small the airport was. But so yeah. Dubuque, Iowa, and I would tell people this story because um, only reason I went to that uh, gig or that uh, festival um, was to perform in front of Stroop. Okay, to get to get on the funny bones, the funny and, bones and, improv. and improvs, yeah. So you know what? That was that was probably all of our goddamn reasons. Yeah, because I kept emailing him, and he was like, "Yo, go to the 10K, go to the 10K." And I, the one year he told me to go to the 10K, the year prior I was like already booked. I was like, "I'm booked." He's like, "You sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, why would I take something that I'm not positive to get gigs and and nix a gig that I, I'm getting money for? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So the following year I didn't have a gig, so I went. And that that setup, remember, they had two shows that night. And that first show had 14 comedians on it. The second show had another 14 comedians. And that first show only had one or two funny comedians. Everybody else was bombing. And then the second show, you were the first comedian. I didn't. Uh, you and know what I did? You destroyed that joint. I did. My first joke wasn't uh, good because... What what were they? A conservative nah. or liberal? It was the listen, bro. I did a I don't God care. joke. My nah. opening joke. Let me tell you something, bro. It was fourteen comedians on that on that show. <laughs> and only 
one comedian was not funny on our on our segue. And when you went first, mm-hmm. you caused all the comedians to come from upstairs down them little stairs and go and stand backstage and like, man, who the hell is that? I like Ambrose. I, so I didn't like, even know that. Man, you killed, you because killed I that felt joke. like that opening joke that I did about God, like they didn't laugh at that. I, moment, um, bro, like, listen, let me tell you something. You killed. I went sixth. I think I went sixth or seventh. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yo, you murdered it. And I was like, oh, my God, right? And then the next dude went up and murdered it. And I was like, what in the hell? <laughs> Everybody was killing. And then the fifth dude wasn't there. Yeah. Or the sixth dude wasn't there. So then I got I moved up a spot. Now, I'm like, damn, I'm, the pressure on me, right? Mm-hmm. So I go up there, man, and I do, like, the, the hottest six or eight minutes that I had. Mm-hmm. And I get off. And when I walk to the back, it was another comedian from the first showcase was like, dude, you murdered that joint. I was like, nah, man, them dudes that went before me. And uh, I think it was another one of the judges was like, nah, yours yours hit different. Like, yours hit different. And I was just, like, wondering whether it was because I was in that sweet spot, like, right in the middle. Yeah, that's a good spot. That's a good spot to have. That, that's what I'm saying. But you set the mark. Like, you set the mark on that joint. And well, I, was I appreciate like, oh. that because I ain't, I ain't get no bookers out there. So I set the mark well, for y'all. No problem. Here's the thing. I you. ended up winning. I ended up winning the uh, crowd favorite from that, okay. right? I won crowd favorite, but I didn't make it to the final. And I was okay. like, how you win crowd favorite and you don't make it to the final, right? I, I don't even like doing uh, – only thing about doing contests is just the networking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, and like I say, I don't really like doing festivals at all or contests. Like, you know, 50 Comics Deep put a bad taste in my mouth. But it was like I wanted to get that booking into the, the funny bones, and I did. Can I tell you what happened to me uh, on my way to 50 Comics Deep, bro? No, what happened? I had a 96 Cadillac Seville, mm-hmm. and it only took 93 gas. Mm-hmm. 12 hours. I think Columbia from Memphis is like 12, 14 hours I drove. That's when gas was 93 cents, uh, like a faux, faux, faux something. Right. And it only take 93. Okay. I tried to be cheap and put some 89 octane in there. <laughs> and I went to AutoZone and got some uh, octane booster. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? I made it all the way to Augusta, that two-lane highway. Before that motherfucker stopped. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Nigga, <laughs> <laughs> everybody passing me, bro. Like, nigga, I couldn't go over forty, nigga. <laughs> it's like two hours. I got like two hours to Columbia, South Carolina. I'm at doing forty, bro. Do you know about time I made it to the hotel? I had five minutes. I had about. We had to be at the club at a certain time. I made it there. I had got like had like made it 30 minutes to get to the club, checked in the hotel, went to my hotel room bed, laid across the bed like this because I was so tired for about five minutes. Had to get up, put my clothes on, and that, that's when I met everybody at the club. And I walk in and I see Raynard. I was like, oh shit, what's up, nigga? Like, I ain't know you was here. Like, and we chopped it up. He was like, hey, I ain't got no room. He was like, shit, you got a room? I'm like, yeah. He was like, can I stay? You know, can I go half for with you on the room? I'm like, fuck yeah. So uh-huh. shortly after that, when we left that club, my car finally just cut out and just stopped. Right. And I had to get a tow truck, take it to the shop. So that worked out for the best because Renard ended up taking us back and forth. Back and forth, right. So club. so was the car, were they able to fix it or not? Uh, I had to come back and get it. I had drove a Greyhound back. and No, I think I flew back and got it. I found the, uh, burned the spark plugs out. Oh, Okay. So it wasn't the gas, or was it the yeah, gas? Yeah, he was like, don't be putting no cheap gas. <laughs> I so when I got back, so shit out there, car. I was like, man, look, gas too goddamn high. <laughs> hey, well, that gas wasn't even $2 yet, and you was being that cheap. something Yo, that's what. And it only take 93, bro. I was like, man, I sold that motherfucker, got me a photo geo prism. Yo, that joint funny, bro. <laughs> that joint is funny. So we was, I gotta say, we went to, oh, uh, like I gotta say, we did Iowa. Me and you was able to kick it. We was able to kick it then. And yeah. that's, when, that's when I was able to, we was just able to kick it. I was like, dude, I said, that Ambrose dude, funny as hell. Like, yeah. that's what I was saying. Like, um, I thought I was talking to Marvin Hunter. 
And Marvin was like, man, Ambrose a goddamn fool. I was like, yo, I was like, no. I was like, I ain't know that dude was that. I think that one thing that probably we all like, all y'all fun, you funny, you got your own style, laid back, clever shit. Marvin Hunter reminds you of that old uncle. He right. got got his own style. Yeah, man. Right. I right. love all three of us be on the show together. Oh man, I don't think I don't think the crowd can handle that. And alternate like, headliners. Right. That's what? that's that, that's what the first thing I was gonna say was. If me and you and him was on the show, but well, that'd be what, so hard. What's the order? Because I'm like, yo, that like, yo, like, I would love to do the uh, like a triple feature, like right, right. Week. Everybody, everybody do twenty. Yeah, everybody dude. do the same amount of time and do yeah. it like that. Or everybody do a half hour then. Yeah, but uh, dude, I ain't gonna lie, Marvin, Marvin, the goddamn beast. I did a church show with Marvin in uh, Nashville. You know, it's clean. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had headlined the previous year, so this year my boy B Cub he brought me Marvin and uh, I think Ray Nod. So I was featuring. Well, I seen uh, Marvin Hunt up there at that door. I was up there killing that motherfucker. Yeah. I got up saying that nigga said nigga. Yeah. I, that, but I be down. He get up there and do the same goddamn thing. You know. Right, what I'm right. <laughs> a, let me tell you about your boy B Cub. <laughs> so. I go do, I go do the, um, I go do my taping for, um, for, uh, live Nashville, stand up live Nashville. Right. I go do my taping. So, uh, the, the TV taping for circle, the circle network that we did. Oh, uh, I was was just going to do that in April after the pandemic. Yeah. So we, we go, I go up there to do my taping and, um, everybody in the back chilling or whatever. And I see B Cub like at the bar right before it's about to go on. I said, yo, B-Cub, uh, get a couple shots of me, man, while I'm on stage, man. He's like, hey, no problem, man. I got you. I said, yeah, no doubt. I was like, I just ran into you. I'm glad I saw you before I went up. So I said, mm. I said, I'm glad I saw you before I went up, right? So he like, all right, cool. Man, I go up there. I do my set. Man, I destroy that joint. First of all, they disrespected me by putting me first. I was like, why are y'all putting me first? You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm about to destroy this whole room. I do my joint, man. Cats is standing up cheering or whatever they telling everybody they can't be standing up. they got to sit down because the video because they standing in front of the camera and stuff yeah. so they had to do the claps over after i got done or whatever right so uh-huh. i get done or whatever i get off i'm like yo cuz what's up with them pictures he's like man i forgot man i was busy watching the set i was like dude that nigga said, I was in the lab. I said, I, said, I asked, you had one job, my dude. Like, you had one job. <laughs> so in order for me to get a picture of me doing my set, I had to ask the, the uh, producer to take a, if I can get a picture from the screen, they get a still shot of me from the screen. And the dude was like, we can't pull it back up, but we'll send them to you through email. I was mad as hell, bro. Damn. I was like, boy, I said, don't ever ask no black people to do nothing for you. You know what? Them pictures on that stage, that's important. Yeah. I, listen, every time I do a show, um, I, I don't do this by asking people. What I do is I take a picture of the feature or the host performing. And then when they get done, I'll, I'll go over there or the headliner or whoever I'm working with. I'll, I'll go over and be like, hey, I got some shots to you. If you could do the same thing for me. You know who we'll did that last on. night? What's that? I'm here with uh, Dominique. Cool. My homegirl. And she brought uh, her feature, Zach Johnson. Zach, yeah, that's my boy. I said, you know, J. He said, yeah, that's my guy. I said, okay, okay, yeah. you cool then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I was on stage yesterday, and I see him taking pictures. Yeah. And I got out. He like, hey, good set. And then I was like, hey, did you get some pictures of me? He was like, yeah. So but so when he was on stage, I just automatically took some of him. I was yeah. like, well, I got some of you. Yeah, and y'all switch them off because that way, you know yeah. what I'm saying, people know. But yeah, um, so what was you, was you hosting or you just on stage? I'm hosting. Hosting, yeah. Zach Johnson, that's, um, yeah, he live in Charlotte now. But, um, yeah, Dominique, she, he traveled with Dominique all the time. Like, um, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know that. Because um, it used to be Des White and then, and then, uh, and then Zach, they, they switch off and on. You guess who? I used, she took, early on, I was a feature. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah. So I always appreciate that. Appreciated, uh, Dominique, man. She gave me that first look, you know, as you starting off your first little out of town feature runs, you getting into the club, seeing what the club life like. Dominique was one of the ones that, that took me, man. I always appreciated that. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a little, a little joy. I remember one time Dominique was coming through, uh, Charlotte and I wanted to feature for her. And I called the club, I told the owner, because, you know, they booked me so much, you know what I mean? And they was like, yo, you got to get in contact with her because we just can't put no feature on it because I think she bring her own. 
Yeah. So I ended up reaching out to her old manager, and he reached out Vance. to her. Yeah. Yeah, Vance. Shout out to my guy, Vance Bradford. Vance yeah. Bradford, yeah. So I reached out to Vance, and Vance reached out to her, and she asked for a, a clip. So I sent the clip over, and she was like, yeah, he can open for me. So she actually let me take her spot on one of her features that weekend and let me and let me open for her. Nigga, that probably would have been that probably been me. <laughs> no, this was, during that time it was it was there. Oh, yeah. During what that year, year was this was like 2014, something like that. 14. Jay Bliss took one of my goddamn weekends. <laughs> <laughs> That probably that probably was when I, around the time when I was rolling with it too. Well, it was it was my birthday weekend, so I explained to her I, I had a show that Thursday, and then I I wanted to work throughout the weekend, so she she understood what I was trying to do. That probably was me, Jay Bliss. Thank you for hey, taking man, my leave. Hey, hey, listen, hey, it was only one weekend. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't keep me on, you know what I'm saying? But she did she did give me a huge compliment though, because she she was basically saying on. Um, she liked the material that I did. It was original. And then she said, I work with you all weekend and I didn't hear none of my stuff later on in the week. Like, uh, okay. like yeah. any topics that she crossed on or um, I start talking about stuff she already talking about. You know, because sometimes you work with somebody, you start hearing they sit so much, you might start to <laughs> going into their material. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, nah, I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, it, it's good stuff though. But <laughs> you know how this game is, man. That's a great that man. I can't wait till I get out the uh, headline and fully, so I can just take somebody with me. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what we gotta do. We gotta keep this goddamn keep it going. You know what I'm saying? How you how you feel about that though? Let me ask you that for a second, right? So, being in the spot that we're in right now, even though we're able to headline, but we're not headlining a rooms, right? If you were able to headline an a room. Would you take somebody on the road with you and take work away from a local comedian that might want to come in and feature for you? Or would you just let the club book the feature for you? I would, uh, I'd bring somebody with me because it's just a, it's just a, you know, that's what people did for us. So I would actually bring. Well, that's you. Okay. Okay. I would bring somebody with me just so I can bring. A guy show him ropes, let him watch, you know what I'm saying, how, how the headline and shit's supposed to go, get him in the clubs, let him get that room, let him, you know, see how they, I'll bring somebody with me. And I'll let the local come in as host, you know what I'm saying, but I will right. bring my feature at. But here's the thing, so I'm, nobody's ever taken me on the road with them, ever. Like, okay. I never had somebody say, yo, hit, hit a couple dates with me on the road, never. Okay, so, so you wouldn't take nobody with you? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm on the other side of it. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. Other, my side of it is nah, he bring his own. We can't give you okay. no work. Um, and like a lot of a lot of times I, I don't get bookings from um the funny bones and improvs because of that. What? So so the funny bones and improvs, uh they, they book about 13 to 14 rooms. Yeah. So I only get maybe four or five bookings from them a year. Mm-hmm. When I could get 13 or 14. But I can't get 13 or 14 because majority of the headliners bring their own. Yeah. Okay. I feel you. So, so what I'm saying is, is it cut out work for But what but here's the thing. When you bring somebody, don't bring the weak person. Right. Or the local person could have did that. The local person could have been weak. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like bring a beast. Like, mm-hmm. like I see, here's the thing. I've seen national touring comedians bring somebody so weak. That I go, you ain't fooling nobody. You you just don't want to work. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring somebody so horrible that it makes you look better. See, mm-hmm. I know, I know you and I from the same cloth, so we're not gonna bring that weak person. We're gonna bring somebody that's gonna bring the room down. Bring somebody that's or you would bring somebody that's probably you know what I'm saying, not that good, but you see something in them, and with the work, you know they can get good. They can get good. Now, here's the crazy, yeah. here's the crazy thing. This is, this is the one thing that I will mention. Um, if, you, if you're a comedian that stays on the road with the headliner for years, mm, yeah, that's telling you something, too. Yeah. See, you're I always, not, I always not, had in my head. Good. Yeah, you're not that good. If, if I, you, right, yeah, go ahead. I, yeah, even 
like even when I was touring around with Junior or uh, Adele mm-hmm. Gibbons, like I had a cutout point in my head. Like I don't want to, you know, keep. I want to be in the headliner so I can bring a feature on. You're right. supposed to upgrade from host, feature, headline. So yeah. I did that. So that's the way I want to go. I don't want to stay. I'm too good to stay in the goddamn feature spot forever. Right. Right. You know that's the thing. That's the thing. I don't want. I want a headliner to tell me you're too strong, man. You, I can't keep following you. And, and some are just let you go. Like some are just like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like with Dominique, you don't know when your run gonna be over. Mother just stop calling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's like okay, I trained you enough. You see how shit go. Now you go flourish and 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 do your thing. You know what I'm saying? When you look at when you look at the interview that the, uh, Tyler Craig had um, on Vlad TV or Comedy Hype, it was one of them. Yeah, Comedy Hype. And he was saying he was basically saying. Headliners were telling him, "Hey man, you need to you need to headline your own show. Like you you I can't you can't feature for me no more." And, and that should be your goal. That's what it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? So I want to get back in the. I you know what man? I think if if there was a, a way that we could get a following, uh, me, you, and Marvin, I dude, I think that show would be yeah. ridiculous. Just the vibe too. We all cool as hell. Yeah, that'd stupid. be that would be. Stupid show, bro. Yeah, that would be stupid, man. That would be a stupid show. But let me let me ask you this, man. So you originally from Chicago. Yeah. But you, you grew up in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And you Memphis. In Memphis, Tennessee. Now, let me ask you this. Is it as bad as they say it is, like, when you watch First 48? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know you actually said, like, well, why are you still there, bro? But it's like... <laughs> you get immune to it, it's really man if you mind your like that's the one thing my mama told me you just mind your goddamn business you know if you out there in that shit right you know what I'm saying right, but right. me I go to the club work I'm at home with my son you know right. I ain't out trying to fuck around with nobody girl I'm not I, I don't like drama so I right. pretty much stay to my goddamn self you know what I'm saying so right right you know, if you out there in them streets, now anything can happen. Now. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, it's that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it is bad, man." <laughs> I am. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I grew up. I grew up in a bad area too. Like, I grew up. I'm from Camden, New Jersey. So, you know, uh, it's, bad. it's bad. So you from Jersey? Uh, I just had Sean Jones on my show. Yeah. He from. Uh, he from Jersey. He, he from North Jersey. Yeah, I'm from South Jersey. Yep. It's, I can't yeah. wait to uh, drop his episode, man. I got to get you on the show. I started this show called the uh, Three Eight One One Four Show. I see. I see your clips. Yeah. And that's the zip code that I I stayed in majority of my life here in Memphis, man. And uh, man, when I tell you, we got nine shows on YouTube. I already got like twenty recorded already. Yeah. And I just been going ham, man. Yeah, you got it. You got. We got to find a new lane, man. That's just what yeah. we got to do. You know what I'm saying? But. You know, since the um, since the pandemic, I think this is my twenty first episode that I've done uh, this way. So you've been going you know, ham too. I've been going, I've been going ham too, and I didn't have almost, I didn't have almost everybody on. You know what I'm saying? But you know, ain't no disrespect by having you on the twenty first episode. It's just when I send them requests out, people go, "Yeah, I'm down," and I just keep yeah. recording. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I do the same thing. And then yeah, people who yeah. say they can't do it, it, hey, it don't matter. Just go on to the next person. <laughs> right, right. So let me let me ask you this: like, so when you decided to go, um, and and we, you, me, and you was in the same boat, like going full time with a kid or kids, because I got mm-hmm. I got two, going full time, uh, the stress level goes way up. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as getting booked and money being right, things like that. And I stopped. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing shows right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not going out there. I'm not risking anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like and it's not a it's not a preference of um not wanting to do it i do want to do it but i just don't think it's worth it not worth it for my health or or my mother's or my kids you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah, yeah. um when you when you went full time like explain what that's like trying to uh, get you know what i'm saying i think i was i was focused i was single at the time uh-huh so I was focused. Like I, I remember uh I had my old supervisor on the show, Damon, his name Damon, he's a Jamaican guy, and uh he was my supervisor. So he had wrote me up like two times because 
And they was trying to get me up out of there. And but at that time, if I get booked on the weekend, I would get my sister friend to write me a doctor's excuse, talking about I was sick. And so I was still rolling while I'm doing this job, you know, having certain weekend, I'm just taking off. Cause I'm not missing no shows. I'm like, fuck this job, I'm not missing no goddamn show. I'm taking everything. So after I got on my second write up, I was like, you know what? I'm finna just go out. I wrote my two weeks notice. Yeah. So I went out. That's my first time ever writing my two weeks notice at a job. Like <laughs> I am confident enough. I am not gonna get fired. I am confident enough. I'm finna go full time with comedy. And I remember I put my two weeks notice in, man. I was just said, fuck it, I gotta go. Right. Gotta go. So you I think never, that was like 2014. So you never um thought to talk to them about what you were doing. At that, at that end, because I knew it's like it's, it works not in your favor when you're working in a warehouse with not too many people doing what you're doing or pursuing other things. You know what I mean? I was in a, yeah, I was in a different, because I was in corporate America. I was America. in a different bit. Nigga, them folks in the warehouse like, nigga, we'll go. Need you here Monday through Friday and some weekends. We need you here. <laughs> but my supervisor, he was like, I uh, he we had a talk when he was here at the show. He was like, Yeah, man, they were just putting pressure on me, man. They thought I was showing favoritism towards you. He was like, So that's why I had to, you know, write you up and shit for being late and missing days. I was like, Oh, okay. But shortly after, now he left. Now he full time doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, that's what's up. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's up. You know, maybe I inspired him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because when I left, like, I, I, I was focused. I started getting booked, TV. And then, you know, you got all the folks that used to work with you. They seeing this shit. They like, God damn, this nigga was serious. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so. So TV, TV-wise, you were on um, <clears throat> Last Comic Standing. Yeah, Gotham Live, New York. Gotham Live. That, I never got a chance to get on that. Let me tell you what happened with that. So I was, I was emailing a dude. That was the best one to get on right there. I was, I was, I was emailing a dude, man. He kept saying he was going to get me and get me in. Chris Mazzolini. Yeah, but they had so many horrible people. I knew it was going to get canceled. I mean, like, like some of those sets were so bad. I was like, yo, that is horrible. Yeah. And they were just letting some horrible people on there, man. But I was glad. I was glad to see you was able to get on that, John. Um, I got, I got that, John. Do you know I got more followers off that than Last Coming Standard because they had kept playing reruns on Access TV. So every time somebody do it, you would get hit up on Twitter. Oh man, just see, Airbrush John, it got funny as hell. You know what I'm saying? Last Coming Standard on the air one time. You know what I'm saying? They had right. kept playing reruns, but I actually got that show because I did the second round Last Coming Standard at Gotham Comedy Club. Okay, cool. That's what's yeah, up. Yep. It wasn't no audience. We just had the judges and Wanda Sykes was sitting in the back. And I had did three minutes and 30 seconds. I heard Wanda back there laugh. And I was like, ooh, I got this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard Wanda laugh. I seen the little white judges up front laughing. So when I got off stage, Chris Mazzolini came up to me, like the Italian guy. You got, yeah. Hey, Ambrose, how you doing? I'm Chris Mazzolini. I'm the owner of Gotham Comedy Club. He's like, man, you did a good job. He said, you ever heard of uh, Gotham Live? I was like, yeah, I seen a couple of those. He was like, would you like to do it? I was like, yeah. So he gave me his card, and uh, yeah, we kept in contact, and I had did it in like that March, yeah. Yeah, that's dope, man. I I, I remember seeing that one too. Um, what would you say? What would you say? And it's hard, you know. what I'm saying getting followers, and especially from an organic place, like mm -hmm. to be able to. Do your shows. Like, I feel like every follower I had, whether it's small amount or not, I earned them. Like, mm -hmm. I earned every single follower. Like, I don't, I don't have anything that's pushing. Like, I got a dry bar that's coming out, hopefully, by the end of this year or very beginning of the next year. And hopefully that pushes a lot of people to follow me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But dry bar starting to run its course, too, because they got so many episodes out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I ended up on the sixth season. And then the pandemic hit. So... Mm -hmm. They even pushed that way back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I had uh, I had uh, Kevin Bozeman on our last episode, and he was saying how how that joint pushed his joint crazy. It's dry bar? Yeah. But, For real? you know, it's different because, you know, when you do dry bar, it's not clean. It's super clean, right? But then if somebody starts following you, then they might realize 
you ain't necessarily a clean comic. You just did a clean set. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they like. <laughs> so you know what? I did that. Uh, got them live. You can be dirty. It was a late night show. Right. And uh, I decided to go clean. Right. Oh, so you made the choice. I made the choice. Because I was like, this is my, that era before last coming stand. So I was like, it's my first TV appearance. I just want mm. everybody to gravitate towards it. I can do it. So I just, I just kept it clean. Yeah, my first TV appearance was the, was the Zanies Live, the Nashville joint. Okay. That was my first TV appearance. So like, and it was funny because when they said you going first, I was like, listen, man. I said, I feel bad for anybody that's going after me because I'm doing all closers. And see, I'm different. I would have <laughs> loved to win after you because at least you got them laughing. So I'm just going in. I'm confident yeah. with my shit. So I'm going to make them laugh too then. I said, I'm going, <laughs> I said, I said, this 14 years in the making. I said, I'm doing all closers. Like, I, like, I, I, like That's one thing. Like, have you ever been scared to follow somebody? Like, I always thought I, about I, I it. I love it. I want to get on stage. I now. mean, you would rather go up in front of somebody who got them laughing than go up in front of somebody who, you know, bombing you know what i'm saying but it's always fun to go up with somebody bombing because you'd be like yo who is that dude yeah i always like i would go up in front of somebody who did good i did a show i did a show one time in raleigh it was at this um bar and this guy was in town from la that taped uh hbo and all this other stuff and it was like yo Bliss, do you mind if we bring one more uh, guest spot up before you headline? Because he just in town and he wanted to get some time. I said, no problem. They said the dude name, he's supposed to be this big Hollywood dude or whatever. I never heard of him before, right? Man, when I tell you this dude went up there and ate a fat one, I mean, with a fork and a knife, like this dude was horrible, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we get done and then they bring me up and I was like, yo, y'all, uh, I said, I'm the headliner. So technically I'm supposed to be the funniest person on the show. So we'll see how that goes. And there are a couple people giggled. I was like, y'all ready to have a good time? And a couple people was like, yeah. I said, oh, oh, hold on. I said, let me explain y'all. I said, I'm not about to do what that dude just did with just now. And everybody started busting out laughing. I said, oh, I, I, said I don't know who that was. I was like, but that dude was horrible. I was like, I'm not that. And dude, I, I went on him. I went in on him about for like five, six minutes. For real? By the time I got done, he was gone. So I asked the person that put the show on, I said, yo, what was up with old boy? She's like, why he come off stage talking about what's up with your crowd? I was like, I started laughing. She's like, ain't nothing wrong with the crowd. You see they laughing at him? I was, I was like, it ain't, it ain't never the crowd fault. It's never. Some people don't get that, man. Some people don't get it. Like they that, just, That'd be our first time, man, that crowd. Well, it's, I'm going to tell you like this, and you've done shows before, um, like say for instance, you know that you know the, the 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 changeover. You know when you walk past the headliner as they walk into the stage, as you walking off, mm -hmm. vice versa. You know we always give each other the the word, mm -hmm. so we always be like, yo, they kind of tight, or we'll be oh, like, okay. or we'll be like, hey, that that table over there on the right a little chatty. You know, you know how we always do as comedians, we start talking about you know what the room is like. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you got a chick up front that's always talking, yo. Just watch out for her. You right. know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Cats don't know those are the conversations we be having. <laughs> yo, these dudes is tight. You know what I mean? Or you know what I'm saying? They ready. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. always like that's always a good thing, man. I um what would you feel like I know you do a lot of traveling and I know you do a lot of driving. Uh do you miss the road? I mean, the, the, the gigs aren't as much as they used to be, but did yeah. you miss the road as much as, did you realize how much you missed the world once the pandemic happened? I knew I was going to miss it. That was, yeah. that was my everything. Yeah. <laughs> I get back on the, uh, the end of October, but man, that was my motherfucking, I love hitting the road. Like, I know. That's where I get to think. I, I, I get. I, I do a lot of writing when I'm on the road. I know. Uh, that's my getaway. You know, know, chilling in a room in a different city, you know. That was that was my everything, nigga. I had went into depression when they got them COVID hit, nigga. That driving, <laughs> the driving was what I didn't mind doing. Like, if there was like an eight-hour drive, I was up for it. Like, I was like, all right, cool. Oh, that ain't and, shit. I get thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, I get up early. Oh, I knock that out. I'm like, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember... I remember having gigs um, when I had my regular job. When I had gigs like in Ohio, 
I would leave at like 4.30. Like I would leave work at like four o'clock. Take your time. Hit the road at like 4.30 and I would get there at midnight. Mm. Get to Ohio at midnight, check into the hotel, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, log right back in. You know what I'm saying? Like log into work. You know what I'm saying? And um, I've been telling you how much I write on the road. Uh, This is how I got into the stardom in in, uh, Alabama. Uh, We had a contest there in the small room. And then once you make it past the small room, you get to come down and do the showcase in the big room with, with Bruce Ayers and all them. They yeah. get to see you. And man, I remember on my way down there, it was like in November. I had thought of this joke mm-hmm. and that's what the fuck I opened up with. Yo, that's balls right there. And it works. Like, yeah. so that's how much, like, that's how I write. Like sometimes I, I do a lot of writing. I was just riding, thinking it. I'm like, damn, that's, this is funny. That's funny as hell. Uh, right? I was like, and I opened up with it because it is it works really good around uh November, December time. It's about uh Black Friday shopping. I'm like, yeah, my friend asked me, Amber, you wanna go shopping uh for Black Friday? I was like, shit, only money I got to pay my goddamn light bill. If I don't pay the goddamn light bill, it's gonna be Black Friday, it's gonna be Black Saturday, and it's gonna be Black. Sunday in my goddamn house. <laughs> and I opened up with that shit and went crazy. And then I just did my other shit and I won first place, man. <laughs> Listen, man, let me tell you something. Um, the Stardome um, is probably man, that's one of the, the best club dog. in the world. Dog. And listen, so I remember one of the first times I did that that joint. Um they brought brought me down to feature, but after I was featured, like they would bring me down the headline. But Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. that's six hours for me. Uh, but, you know, the time change, you gain an hour when you get in Alabama. Right. Uh, and I could not believe how packed that joint was on a, on a Tuesday night. Man, Tuesday. And I was like, I, I said, yo, this joint sold out. Like, I was like, what? Most comics don't like this, but let me show you how much I love working. Uh, when you first, ho- when I first hosted down there, uh-huh. After I won the contest, you know, you get when, you get like a couple of months of host work. Right. Like it used to get booked from Tuesday to Sunday. Oh, that's great. So you one show Tuesday, one show Wednesday, one show Thursday, two, two Friday, Friday, two, two Saturday, Saturday. One Sunday. Like, yeah, yeah. Nigga. <laughs> Boy, yeah. you been so strong after that, man. Oh man, because by the time you get to Friday, bruh, like you you so much in your level. The first and second show, you about to get a standing ovation. You talk about hosting. I'm talking about if you, if you get that from a headliner standpoint, dude, you are a beast uh, by the time you get to Thursday. Ooh. You see what I'm saying? Like oh, you need that work. And the time you take, like, it is the crazy thing. Like, I remember when I headlined there the first time, I go down there on a Tuesday night. And, you know, when you hit that corner and pull into that parking lot, you can tell what the crowd going to be like. Mm-hmm. When you hit that parking uh. lot, and you got to park all the way in the back? And I was like, yo, like, I'm, uh, the, the I'm headlining and it's just sold out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was, um, matter of fact, when you win out of the small room, you get to go in the big room and do the big showcase. Mm-hmm. It's on a Tuesday. Oh. So I'm, have, I'm rushing because I hit a traffic jam on the way there. I got my clothes in the backseat. Yeah. So I got like 15 minutes. I think the show started at 7.30. I pulled up in the parking lot at like 7.18. This mm. motherfucking parking lot is packed. Yes. I got to change. I got to hurry up, change in the car and shit, through a blazer and run in there. Man, yeah, that motherfucker be packed on a Tuesday. You be like, what the fuck? I love the star, though. And the, and the stage is so big. And it's like the, the crowd is just, they into it. They just mm-hmm. into it, and you, you get ever hit one of them. You ever had one of them shows that started on? You like, man, I don't know what that is. It's kind of weird. Nah, I've always done all right, man. And I it's had... it's crazy because I get pockets of laughter, and usually mm-hmm. you can find the pocket and you can just concentrate on that pocket, and then mm-hmm. that's that's what you roll with. And eventually, I think in some days maybe the crowd ain't so big, and you so used to that big big right. rolling and laugh. When it's I've that small, yeah, when it's that small crowd, it's like, damn. But I, but you know what? It's funny, man. It's like I can I can figure that out and I can work differently. Like when it's a small crowd, you get more intimate with them. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I know that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just be like, <laughs> you be like, yo, what's good with y'all? You know what I'm saying? You start asking personal questions to people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, how long y'all been together? You know, stuff like that. You stuff you wouldn't yeah, pull them in first, you know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. Pull them all the way in. And then the one thing else I love about the Stardome is the love that you get outside afterwards. 
like like when y'all sell merchandise, I sell more merchandise at the start on than I do anywhere. I, I like that because you and all the comedians, y'all be at the table selling y'all merchandise, and they'll just come up to you, hey, you did good. Yeah, you, yeah. You funny. And then you got the other comedians just standing there like, damn. <laughs> the comedy is an unforgiving business, man, because people will let you know how you did right after the show. And I was on the show with her. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I was on the show with Ray Nard one day in Nashville, man. I remember somebody uh-huh. came up to him after the show and be like, hey, you was funny. And then they just looked at me and just walked off. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you, you can't say hey or hey or nothing, nigga. <laughs> so uh, would you say, would you say, I mean, y'all got a different group, man. Like you, Renard, uh, B-Cub, like, do you, would you say that's your closest partners in the comedy game? Or uh, I'm from Memphis, but. When I tell you Nashville, yeah, Mike James, Renard, yeah. Yeah. Run Run, B Cup. When I tell you, like, man, them my guy. Yeah. I just go down there. They be like, hey man, what's up? I got a show, one seventy five. I just go down there if I ain't doing that just to, just to go be around. Yeah, I come do it. You know what I'm saying? How, how, just, how far is that for you? Three hours. Three. So you know that that when I was gonna do my birthday bash, my next birthday bash was supposed to be in July before the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So what's supposed to be you and Renard on my next one? For real? Yeah. Remember I told, uh, remember I called you and I was yeah. like, oh, "We'll be available." Oh yeah, so man, that would have been so dope. You and Renard, you and Renard was gonna be the people I was gonna bring from out of town. Bro, I go down there to Nashville, and they'll never want to give me no room. Man, you gotta get no room. You stay at the house. You know right. what I'm saying? So right, yeah. I had then, you most of them guys married, so they just cool to Nashville, man. Nah, believe it or not. So you know, when this whole thing is over, my next birthday bash is definitely gonna be you and it'll be 2021. Yeah, it'll be you and Renard coming in that joint. You know what I'm saying? But, be, we should be open by then. I don't know. Well, we, we will, we will, man. We like will. Memphis, like I don't know what's the next big thing gonna happen next. I ain't no telling, but bars just opened up here in Memphis, so. I, listen, I, I see stuff open. I still ain't going inside. I'm back, <laughs> man. I gotta get out, man. I'm back on the road. October. One thing that I miss, the one thing that I miss is uh, is smoking cigars, going to cigar lounges, <laughs> and I just I can't do it. I got just you know what I mean. It's like, you know, I just wanna I wanna see, I wanna see what this vaccine gonna do. You gonna get a vaccine? Um, I never got a flu shot before in my life. Me neither. Um, and I never got the and I never got the flu. So you know, I feel like I'm healthy, but at the same time, this this bad boy different. Let me tell you what I've been doing and you, what you, I you, have faith in. What is that? Is these herbs right here? Okay. And uh, uh, Adele Givers and her husband put me on this. We was in Arlington. At his Arlington, like December last year, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm cool with her husband, and uh, she was on stage, and he pulled the tincture bottles out of his, out of his bag, like yeah, man, this is what me and Adele been on, man. And he had all different kind. He had like a sea moss tincture, cayenne pepper tincture, uh, burdock root tincture. I'm like, man, what's that? He was like, man, you uh, you get the herbs and you soak them in 80 proof alcohol for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And after that, you drain the herbs off, and uh, you just got this powerful tincture. Cause what you can boil the herbs, but the water ain't gonna extract everything out of the herb. Right. That eighty-proof alcohol is gonna pull everything out. So you got this right here. I got sea moss and bladder rat. Uh-huh. These are like two of the most powerful herbs Doctor CB talked about. So you put both of those herbs in eighty-proof alcohol for six weeks, mm-hmm. and and after that, drain it. Let me show you the color. This is what you got. Okay. Yeah, dog, that is. Yeah, yeah. And what you do, you take it. I take mine sublingually. You put it under your tongue, hold it there for 90 seconds, and your sublivery glands take it straight to your bloodstream. So it's instant. That's how you ever seen your grandma or mama take a BC and put it under their tongue? Right. That because Same thing with with the CBD oil. Yeah, see, see, that's why they put it in your salivary glands. It's gonna take it to your bloodstream instead. If you put it in your mouth and swallow, it got to go through your digestive system. Right, got to go through all the food. You, this is instant. So, man, when I tell you, I've been on this since uh, last year, man, and I actually had to slow down off using it because I actually amped up on using it when COVID hit because, like, I ain't want to catch it. But the shit aids in weight loss, so I'm fucking losing weight. So I had oh, yeah. to back up. I was taking this shit every day until like maybe two or three times a week. 
And also, this shit good for your libido. Okay. And like being single, and your goddamn libido is good. That ain't no good goddamn thing. Right. Because you're going to get tired of touching your goddamn self. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I had to stop. And let me tell you who owned this shit. So, uh, I, so I was, at first, I was just doing it for me. But then my brother-in-law used to come over like, man, give me some more of that shit. Give me some more of that shit. I said, you know what? I'm finna just, next time I do a batch, I'm finna do a batch enough time. Just do a couple of bottles so I can have enough to sell. And I just saw how people were buying that shit. And I just started doing more and more. And uh, so, yeah, I got these on my website. Seamoss and bladder, bladder rack tincture. Seamoss uh, contains 92 of 101 minerals that your body need. And uh, uh, bladder rack contains the other nine. And how much then, you selling them for? Uh, I got the one ounce bottles for $10 and I got the two ounce bottles for $20. They're on my website, comedianambrose.com, man. But my Go boy, Mike Dane, yeah. uh, my boy, Mike Dane, he, he got some <laughs> the first time, which was Seamoss and Burdock Group. This time I did Seamoss and Bladderack. Mm-hmm. That man hit me up. That man said, hey, man, is this something different you gave me? I said, yeah, this Seamoss and Bladderack this time. He said, man, this shit be having me horny as a motherfucker. <laughs> he, he said, he can't even go tell his wife because his wife gonna think something like, nigga, what, nigga, what is wrong with you, nigga? Oh, that's hilarious, man. <laughs> he can't a, even go tell his, he can't even go tell his wife because the wife gonna be like, nigga, what is wrong with you? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a support you, man. You know what I'm saying? You, we all gotta support each other hey, with the grind, hey, man. And when so. I tell you, man, if you take it correctly, bro, it boosts your immune system. Mm-hmm. It aids and weight loss is good for your libido. But, you know, Dr. Seabee said we shouldn't take vitamins. We should take minerals. So sea moss and bladder rat come out the ocean. So it's just full of magnesium, iodine, just, man. So I'm not taking no goddamn vaccine shot. I, my son, he got so much faith in his daddy. He he takes it upon himself and it makes me so happy when he grabs it and and, and and put it under his tongue and do it himself because right. he know he know his daddy don't take no medication and he know all I got is my herbs so it's a blessing when I see him take this shit man by itself you know what I'm saying even though it's alcohol it's a little bit of alcohol it ain't yeah. enough to get you drunk you know what I'm saying right 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 I got but you. what you getting you getting all the herbs you getting all the minerals out of the sea moss and bladder right that's what you get no doubt no doubt so so like what I like to do on on the podcast. Um, if you ever watched the uh, Actors Guild studio with uh, James Lipton, you know, he asks a series of questions to the guest that's on. So I remixed it a little bit. So I'm going to hit you with these questions. Okay. And you answer, you answer what you feel. What's your, uh, what's your favorite word? God damn. That's if, I, <laughs> if that's two words, God damn. <laughs> what's your least favorite word? I don't like bitch that much. Okay. Okay. Um, I have a, a a slogan, TTBS. Now I know you heard it before. We talk about all. I talk about it all the time. Uh, anything and everything you absolutely no control in your life. That's that bullshit. TTBS. Yeah. What's TTBS to you? What's that bullshit? Yeah. COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen. What? Okay. So the opposite of that is what is the shit to you? Me thinking of a of an idea and bringing it to fruition. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I want all of us to, to, to strive, man. I want everybody that I know to go viral yeah. and to be able to sell out a show on demand. That's, that's my and then ultimate. when we go viral, we are funny enough to, to hold the show, to so actually put, put so on. Yeah. Well, you know how happy I would be if I can sell out a stadium with all my people. Nigga, oh, yeah, that- <laughs> I probably do an hour just fucking with the crowd. I, yeah, yeah. And I will record myself because I know I just be coming up with so much new shit. Right, right. Be, yeah, man, yeah. Come on, dog. But here's the thing: before before this thing hit, man, I remember when I went back on the road. What I realized, what I when I'm gonna start doing, what every time I do a show, uh, mainly headlining, is uh, put five minutes of crowd work within my show. And that mm-hmm. five minutes of crowd work or that five minutes of ranting, ranting around and, just, and just, just going freestyle is what I'll use to put up online. Yeah, that, and you know what? If you ever see me put, post up a lot of clips, I pick out when I'm fucking with the crowd. I don't right. know. I don't you know. Don't know put your, you don't want to put your gems out there because your, your gems is for the TV appearance. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, so in the album. You know what I mean? So... 
Oh, um, I thought I thought of something yesterday when I was with my son. I was like, I'm finna put this online. I was like, Nah, I'm finna write this down and save. Yeah, this. just save that one. Yeah, save it or rewrite it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if if I if no one knew who you were and I was introducing you to the world, um, what would be your walk on music? Mm. Uh, God damn, that's a good one. Because <laughs> I, I love music. That's a good one. Yeah, right? I yeah. got so many goddamn songs. Yeah. You know what? Probably be Isley Brothers. Here we go again. Okay. All right. Here we go again. I got you. I got you. All right. So Clean. It's- I got my suit on. Here we go again. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, yeah. That'd, that'd be good. <laughs> All right. So what's your walk-off music then? Same thing. Same thing. Okay. Got you. All right. Cool. If there was, uh, if there was any other uh, occupation that you would do other than your own, what would you think it would be? Other than comedy? Yeah. Producer. Producer. All right. That's what's Producer. up. Yeah. That's what's Be behind up. the camera. Yeah, I got you. I got you. We gotta we gotta get a we gotta get a lineup one day, man, with with uh with 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 uh at least four or three of us, man, from fifty comics deep. You know what I'm saying? And 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 make that happen, bro. You need to uh holler at uh what's his name down at the Looney Bands. Um, you know, I was supposed to do my very first Looney Bin. Um, I think I talked to you on the phone about that. I was supposed to do yeah. it. I was supposed to do it uh, a couple weeks ago, and I had to cancel it. You, had, you a headliner? Nah, they had me featuring first. I was like, dude, come on, bro. Well, just to get my feet back wet, because uh, I'm doing this weekend. That's why I hosted this weekend, just to get my feet back wet. October 24th through the 27th, I'll be in uh, Oklahoma City. I swear, I was supposed to be. And then I'll be headlining October 30th through the 31st in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, I was supposed to go to Oklahoma City, but he he told me he told me that uh that my spot was still there and uh to reach back out when I was ready to hit the road again. Yeah, I said so, I'm ready, man. I'm yeah, ready. yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Hey, man, listen, stay up, man. Appreciate you uh being a guest on the podcast, man. Hold and, on, uh, let me uh. Let me, I get to shout out my social media. Oh, no, no. I got all that. I, I got all that, man. So, yeah, go ahead and shout everybody out. Let, uh, let me know how to follow you. Well, uh, y'all get my herbs. That's on comedianambrose.com. I also got my comedy special called Say It Louder. That's my son right there. It's on a one gigabyte USB drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 35 minutes of stand-up. It's a 15-minute documentary on there. That's funny. And then you can also check out my new show that I have called 38114 Show. It's on YouTube. We are nine episodes in. I'm interviewing comedians, uh, shit, doctors. Uh, just Man, it's just a really good show, bro. And uh, we nine episodes in. Episode 10 going to drop Monday at 2 p.m. I got my brother, uh, Isla, uh, Aliyah Rashad Muhammad from the Nation of Islam on the show. Okay. Man, when I tell you this is gonna be a good one, bro, because I'm, you know, I was into, I was, you know, reading a lot about, you know, the Nation of Islam. I really respect what they're doing, man. I asked some really good questions, and he was very straightforward and honest with the answers, man. So, yeah, that's good, man. And uh, I'm everywhere. I'm Ambrose on social media, but most importantly, uh, follow the three eight one one four show on everywhere too. No doubt, man. No Subscribe. doubt. Subscribe. Subscribe on YouTube. We got like <laughs> over 65 hours watched. We just need y'all to subscribe. Go to the uh, YouTube, 3811 Fuss Show. Subscribe to it, man. Watch it. Good shit. Yeah, I'm just waiting for my people to blow up, man. And when, you, and when you come through Memphis, but we got to do it live. We got to sit down and do this shit live. Not oh, no zone. doubt. No we doubt. come to the studio. We got to do it. No doubt. No doubt, man. Hey, man. Much love to you, brother. Me and Ambrose. Right. Out, man. Appreciate it, Jay Bliss. Stay up, hey, man. Hey, man. No doubt. Peace, bro. Yes, sir. All right.